So I, I want to um, uh, continue uh, today the Demystify uh, series, which we begun a couple of weeks ago. We looked at demystifying uh, communion, and um, I hope you enjoyed Shem last week. He was great, wasn't he? It was just uh, good. I, 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 there was there was a lot of lot of pollen in the place last. Uh, <laughs> Uh, last week, and I had someone watch it from uh, Leon and James were up in Aul- Auckland at the time, and they watched it up there in Auckland, and they were the ones who said, "Man, there's a lot of pollen uh, down there in the Kapiti Kapiti Coast." In fact, he said, "There's a lot of pollen up here in Auckland uh, at, uh, at the moment," as they were uh, watching that. But we we looked at demystifying communion, and I, I want to say thanks for the feedback. I got a lot of feedback on that and from many of you saying how helpful uh, that was and, and that is so appreciated. I don't always know and so that is really helpful in that regard. But in Demystifying Communion, my goal was to give you, the believer, the disciple, the Christ follower, the practical tools needed so as to enable you to confidently lead a time of communion in your home, with your family, or actually anywhere believers are gathered and it's appropriate. We talked about you are the priest, you are part of the priesthood of believers and you can lead a time of communion. And of course the challenge was that I gave you was to go home that week and to just get the family or some friends together or a group together and to do just that, lead a simple time of communion. And I would love to hear if anybody actually did that. I know the men's prayer group last Monday did that. Lance did an amazing uh, time of communion, uh, stepped out and did that. But I, I would really encourage you to do that if you haven't already. But if you missed that message, it's online. You can grab that. Today, I want to demystify public prayer. Demystify public prayer. I I think most Christians know and believe that prayer is important. Okay, okay, I'll just say that again. I I think most Christians know and believe prayer is important. Come on, (laughs) good place to say amen to that one. They, They know prayer is fundamental, not supplemental to the Christian life. We know we should pray. We know that it's good to pray. We, we, we know these things. And over the years, you've heard the preacher from the pulpit preach on the power of prayer. I mean, you, you, you've heard it. But I found in my days under the sun, some 30 plus years of ministry, often when people or when I've asked people I've asked people to pray publicly at a prayer meeting, a connect group, all the like. I've seen in my days under the sun, the blood drain immediately from people's faces. Immediately some people become become faint. The The mere mention of this probably even now is breaking some people into, giving some people anxiety. It may be getting sweaty, sweaty palms. Even something like saying grace, saying grace for a meal, giving thanks for a meal. I've asked people and they're like, no, 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 not me. And you see, what shocks me in that is the fact that a lot of these people have been Christians for many, many years. And can I say, this is not an introvert, extrovert thing, because it's been both. These are just people who are not confident or not able or not feel like, man, I don't know how 
to do that. Maybe you're here today and you say, I can pray endlessly for seven hours. But I'm not speaking to you today. I'm talking to the one who's going, Pastor, I don't know what to do in that situation. And so I want to demystify public prayer. I'm being very specific today. I want to demystify public prayer for you. Because as Christians, as believers, we should be able to confidently pray. If you've been a Christian for many, many years, you should be able to confidently pray. To, 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 say, to say, no, 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 I can't do it. I, I just want to tell you, this should not be. And so to those who are saying, that's me, Pastor, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. If that's you today, I want to help you. I want to help you today. That is my job as a pastor. Ephesians 4 verse 12. The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want to equip you in that area today. So that's what I want to do. To those who struggle with this, I want to help you. And so let's demystify public prayer, praying in public. I want to help you. What do I want to achieve out of today? I want to help you to confidently pray publicly out loud or with your family or with others at a connect group, even for others, wherever the situation might present itself. So I want to keep this simple. Again, I, just, again, I want this to be as simple as possible. I, I, I'm asking two questions. What do we need to know and what do we need to do? So let's look at what do you need to know? What do I need you to know? Number one, number one, prayer is just talking with God. Like I said, this is simple. This is not rocket science. Prayer is just talking with God. That's it. In its raw, basic, fundamental form, it's just talking with God. Of course, there's a listening component. I understand that. But prayer in its basic, raw form, Again, don't overthink this. We overthink this. But prayer in its basic raw form is just talking to God. I love what the Prince of Preachers, <laughs> Prince of Preachers, Prince of, sorry, I'm spitting. Uh, um, I, I love what uh, Charles Spurgeon said this, the Prince of Preachers, Preachers, <laughs> Preachers. Hey, it's daylight saving. I had to get up early too. And we've had the grandkids there. So man, my day didn't start off with, with beautiful worship music. It started with two grandkids because Grace and Carla and Napier at a wedding. And so I've been up for a long time, okay? <laughs> it's just been a long day to start. I've already done one service. Help me out. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. The goal of prayer is the ear of God. We want to hear, we want him to hear what we speak. And so that's important. The prayer is basically just talking to God. And so number two, don't be afraid to pray. You're just talking to God. Number two, don't be afraid to pray. I want you to know you've got this. I want you to know that you can do this. It doesn't matter where you're sitting here today, you can do this. And I, I realize, I need to say this because I realize praying publicly in front of others will for some seem like the scariest thing they've ever done. I mean, it's right up there with, with uh, public speaking, right? It's right up there. You know, people say that's what people fear 
the most. Well, uh, well, you're speaking and you're praying at the same time. So I, so, so I understand that this, this is right up there on the scale of things people fear, fear most. But can I say when it comes to this area or any area like this, nerves are normal. Nerves are normal. When you're stepping out and doing something you haven't done before, nerves are normal. It's just a part of the process. And, and I want to say this. I, I get nervous. I get nervous. I, 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 the thing is, I just don't let it stop me anymore. I don't let it stop me. You know, when I was originally uh, starting out in the ministry, people would ask me to do things and just my nerves, I'd just say, no, 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 I can't, no, I can't do it because my nerves would get me. But I've learned over the years, I, I'm not gonna, I may be nervous. I'm nervous when I get up to speak. I, I'm nervous when I lead. When, I, I can get so, you ask Natalie, she will know at conference, before a conference, I'm almost physically sick, aren't I? Sometimes I'm just like so nervous to get up there and I, I hope it's gonna go okay, but I've, I've learned not to let nerves or fear stop me. And I encourage you to do the same. I, I remember having to pray. I was asked to pray when I was part of the fire service. I was asked to pray for the UFBA beginning of their 100th anniversary conference. This was a gathering of about 700 fire chiefs and deputy chiefs in the TSB arena in Wellington, and they asked me to come and pray and really just um, uh, launch that conference off. I was to be followed by the prime minister, who was John Key at the time, and so you've got to understand, I was a little nervous as I did that. But I want to tell you, again, these are not church-going people. These are not people who are at church every, every Sunday. So you, I wanted to get this right. I wanted to do it, uh, do it right. And so uh, I did. I did not let. I could have easily said no. Someone else could have. But I was not going to let nerves stop me. And I, I want to say, as I prayed, the Holy Ghost fell in the room. People were, no, that didn't happen. It was just like... But again, I'm not going to let fear, and I, fear stop me. And I want to encourage you, don't let nerves or fear stop you from what God would have you do. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, and you know it, for God has not, you probably know this off by heart, for God has not given us, he's not given you, my friend. He's not given you a spirit of fear. In fact, perfect love casts out Fear it gets rid of fear when you love when when you're motivated by that fear will stop you doing all kinds of things. The Bible says the fear of man is a sneer. It will stop you from doing all kinds of things. But I want to tell you when you when you love when you you've got God's purpose in your heart and passion in your heart it will allow you to move in areas where you haven't gone before. For God has not given you, my friend, a spirit of fear, but of what? Of power. And I know you don't always feel like that. But that's what the Word of God says, but of power and of, and of what? And of love and of a sound mind. And can I just say this? Sometimes we go, well, I'll just wait till all the nerves are gone. No, it'll never go. Can I, can I just say this? Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage feels the fear and does it anyway. The reason I, I, I was still nervous when I went to that conference, I was still nervous to get up, but the only reason I got up is because they said, and now who is going to pray for the conference? Pastor Adam White. And so I had to get up nervous and all. 
Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage feels the fear and does it anyway. So I want to say to you today, my friend, don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid to give it a go. Can I just say this? Praying is learnt by praying. That's profound. Praying is learnt by praying. Praying publicly is learnt by praying publicly. Don't be afraid or worried. Don't be afraid or worried to make a mistake or to muck up or muddle a word. If you do, laugh it off. Laugh it off. You can so do this. Tap your neighbor and say, you can do this. Come on. Tap them hard on the shoulder. Say, you can do this. You can do this. Now turn to the person on the other side you ignored and, 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 and tap them and say, I can do this. I can do this. Come on. We can do this. You really, really can. So number three, yeah, when it comes to praying in public, that's what I want, need you to know. Don't compare. Don't compare. You be you. Comparison, can I just say, is a joy stealer and a strength sapper. It's a joy stealer and a strength sapper, even when it comes to praying. I mean, you might see or be in some meeting where some person's praying and they're, they're, they're praying so good. They're like Jesus' personal secretary. It's like they're, they're praying so, so fancy-pantsy and it's just like, man, I could never do like that. You know, they're like, Lord, I beseech thee. O oh God, that thou would hear from heaven thine prayer and respond with thy tender mercies. That you, O oh covenant-keeping God, would hear thy servant's humble supplication. And you go, like, man, I can never do like that. I can never pray like that. And I just want to say you don't have to. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and thank God you don't have to pray like that. You don't have to. You be you. See, the problem with comparing is we often compare our weaknesses against another's strength. And we go, man, I just can't, can't do it. We, we compare our weaknesses with someone else's highlight reel. And, and it's just, just don't do it. There's always going to be someone who's stronger, stronger than, prettier than, more handsome than, although it's hard. I'm proud of how humble I am. But there's always going to be someone who's stronger, prettier, more handsome, bigger, better, or whatever. It's just part of life. You be you. You don't have to pray like some pious prayer person. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's good to, as you grow, you should be able to expand on your uh, uh, prayer and your repertoire if you uh, like. But I'm just saying, I'm just talking right at a basic level. You don't have to pray like some pious prayer person talking to God. You know, saying grace, giving thanks for a meal is a good habit to get into. And I'm not just talking about at home. I'm talking about maybe at a restaurant or maybe when you're out with uh, others, saying grace. That, that, that's probably the best place to practice public, public prayer. Saying grace, giving thanks for a meal. It's a good habit. It's a good habit for any family to gather, gather around the table. I don't know whether you do it. I'd encourage you to do it to gather around the table, to spend that time, and just, just, just as you do, because what does grace do? It reminds us all that, we, that everything we have comes from God. And some people, I think, do make grace, but some people, they won't do it because they just think it's all too complicated. They make grace, people make grace complicated. When I was a new Christian, we first, I first went to India to do a youth with a mission discipleship training 
training school, we had a pastor. He had been in theological college for like seven, seven years, and he was on the school. He was a student with us, Anita and I. And, and, and I've got to be honest, for him, saying grace was an event. <laughs> it, it, really, it really was. It, it would go for one minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes. He, 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 he was actually like a, a, a wind-up toy. It was just like, you know, with that key in the back, it was just like once he started, he, he, he just wouldn't stop. And I want to tell you, he was winding me up. I'm just telling you. He was winding me up big time. I mean, he's praying for the food. I'm just praying he'll stop. It's just like, come on, just stop. Just stop or uh, stop already. I mean, he, he, he was, that, that's how it, it was. And, and I'm just going to be honest, when during one grace, he prayed so long that I lost three kilos. That's not, that's not serious. I found it again. Amen. Hallelujah. But he was driving not just me mad. He was driving all the students mad. Anita, I mean, Anita's a prayer warrior. It takes a lot to drive her mad. And even she was getting, getting mad. And it's just like he was saying grace. And we were like, we need grace for this guy. And in fact, it got to a point where I was like, I've got to say something. I need to find a verse for this guy. So I literally <laughs> did this. I was like, I said, hey, have you ever heard this verse? You know, it's just new to the Bible. I found, found this verse. It says, do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. It's a good passage. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. <laughs> I was like, have you read that verse by the way? But again, that's a good verse for us too because it makes us, again, it's just like God's not looking for your elegant whatsoever kind of prayers or how fancy-pantsy you can do it. He's just looking for the heart of the matter. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew 6 verse 5. He said, when you pray, he said, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray. This isn't about how good someone, and can I just say that that pastor, he became a good friend, uh, friend of mine, and he's, he's, he's no longer with us. He's gone to be with the, uh, gone, gone to be with the Lord. But, but, but again, later on, he came and said, yes, that's what I was doing. I was coming from my theological background. I was just wanting to show you how good I can pray and how deep uh, I can pray and all that kind of, uh, kind of stuff. But Jesus said, don't do that like that. And I'm not saying for you to judge someone else's prayer or their motives or whatever. I'm just saying for you, you can relax a little bit knowing that God's not always wanting the biggest, fanciest, fanciest kind of prayer. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. And it goes on to say, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. This is not about words. This is about the heart. And people complicate things too much. So don't be afraid. You be you. Don't compare. You be you. So that's what I wanted you to know. Now, what do we need to do? Can I just say that saying grace, saying grace is a great place to practice praying publicly. It's a great place to start. But pastor, how do, I, how do I say grace? What do I need to do when saying grace? Do, do four things. I'm sorry, do, do three things. Do three things. I'll just make it, I'll do three things. Number one, number one, the first thing you do is gather. If you're gonna have a time of grace, you gather. That could be around the table. It's just like, hey, everybody, we're gonna have a time. 
where we say give thanks for the food. Gather. Might be at a function. Hey, everybody, you might have to talk a little bit louder. Hey, we're going to ha- have, have a time of, of giving thanks for the food. We're going to say a karakia. We're going we're to pray and give thanks for the food. Come on, everybody, come on in. Come on in. We've done it at our house. We'll tell everybody, come on in. Come on from outside. We're going to make it a moment. And so gathering's important. Don't rush. Don't, we're not embarrassed about this. I think it's, uh, again, you can do this in public settings also. It's like, hey, we're going to pray. Like I, I've been asked to pray in, in fire brigade settings where they're like, before they drink their Steinlagers and whatever and do have their feast and give out their medals, they'll say, hey, can you, can you say a prayer? Can you give thanks for, for the night? And, and I'll, I'll gather everyone together and, and just, just make it go hush and, and, and quiet because it's a solemn moment. And even in restaurants, like when you do it, you can gather with those who you're there and say, and sometimes the waiter will come up and go, oh, sorry. But you create a moment, you create, you're saying something special is happening here. It's a witness also to the fact of your, that you're a follower of Christ. So you gather, you gather, don't rush. We're going to say grace, we're going to give thanks. The second thing you do is bow. When I'm talking about that, I'm just saying, let's bow our heads. So you, you gather, then you just say, let's bow our heads. It's just taking a moment to pause. We're taking our eyes off everything around, and we're just bowing our heads. You don't have to do that, but I'm just saying, it's a good idea to do that. Just everyone bows. Bow your heads as we pray, as we give thanks, as we say a karakia for the food. I would encourage us some, some families... Again, it's good to hold hands. You might think, and you've got to pick your place. I wouldn't do that at the fire brigade. <laughs> uh, come on, everybody, let's hold hands. It's like that would be awkward, right? So, so you've got to pick your place. But I want to tell you, we were with our friends in Sydney just a few weeks ago, pastor friends. We've known them for 20 years. And we just took a moment. We sat around, <laughs> around the table. It was interesting because Anita cooked a curry. And we, we got, got disturbed by the neighbor, didn't we? Cook, cooked the curry. And they, they've moved to an apartment. So we didn't realize the curry would fill the whole apartment building. And so, so, we're, so we're getting knocks. On, well, we did get knocks on the door from the upstairs neighbor. Hey, there's a strange smell coming around this. So I was like a little awkward when she came downstairs to see what it was. But we invited her in for dinner. She declined. But we were able to get around the table and hold hands. And there was something special about that because we've been friends for many Many years. Don't be embarrassed about creating these moments that are, are like a witness to people. So bow. Number three, pray. Pray with confidence. It's not about your words. It's about your heart. And of course, if you're new to this, you'll be asking the question, what should I say as I pray? And here's four things, and I want to keep it simple, right? Like I'm saying, this is, this is, this is real basic here. This is real basic because I, I want every single one of us to be able to do this so that if someone says, hey, could you say grace at a meal? You're never again going to say, no, I can't do that. You're going to say, yes, of course I can. Yes, please, that would be an honor. So what should you say and how should you pray here? Here we go. Number one, four things. Thank God for the food. That's the first thing you do. Just thank God for the food. Thank God. If you don't know what else to say, just say I thank you, Lord, for the food. I thank you for the food. You can start adding it as you grow. Thank you, Lord, for the food on our table. Thank you, Lord, for the food. You can expand it. Go take a risk. Go and step out. You know, thank you, for the Lord, for the food on our table. Lord, we thank you for the food we are about to eat and enjoy or receive. I mean, you can, you can take a risk, step out. 
you, you can add, may, may it nourish us. May it nourish us. May it nourish our bodies as we, as we, as we eat it. And, and again, the more confident you become, you can start adding things. You can start getting a little bit more fancy. God, we thank you for the food. May it nourish our bodies. You are Jehovah Jireh, my provider, and you have provided this food for us today. You can step, as you grow, you start to learn and get, get a bit more fancy on that. You can do that. But I want to say, don't overthink this. Number one, just thank you for the food. Remember, you're not just saying it, you're praying it. You're not just saying it, you're praying it. We're not going through the motions. We are genuinely thanking God. We are genuine. When you say grace, it's not like, oh, Pastor Adam said that. No, no. You've got to understand we are genuinely thanking God. We are really aware that everything we have is from God. Amen? So we're talking about what we say as we pray. So number one, we thank God for the food. Number two, we bless those who prepared it. Lord, we bless those who prepared this. That's all you got. Thank you, Lord, for the food. Bless, we bless those who prepared it. And of course, as you grow, you can start now and think, who prepared it? I thank you for mum. Thank you for Auntie Lulu. I thank you for Jamie and Oliver, who, who worked so hard today for, oh, you got it, thank goodness. I worked hard on that one. We thank you for Jamie and Oliver, who worked so hard today, for all the people who have prepared the dish today and helped in the kitchen. Bless them richly. Listen, I'm telling you, in functions where there are unbelievers, where people, and you stop and do that, where they've never stopped and thought about the fact that God's bounty and goodness has been given, I, I tell you, it can change the entire atmosphere of a room. You can so do this. If you don't know who made it, just say, bless the hands that prepared this meal. Again, we're not just saying it, we're praying it, and we desire to really bless Bless those people. We're not just saying, oh, bless. No, no, we want to bless you. May you be blessed. Number three, you bless the friends and the fellowship that, you, that will take place. Lord, thank you for all of our friends today, our family who are here with us to share this meal on this special occasion as we eat and bless our fellowship and our time together. We say thank you. There is power. And I remember being at Tara and Tom's wedding reception and Korodom was going to say a karakia and, 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 and going to say grace, and the noise in the room was just, just much. And then for those who are at the wedding, you'll remember someone, I think it was Tara's brother, yelled out, Stop! We're having the karakia! And every silence filled the room. Because it was like, and, and immediately it just brings your focus. Don't underestimate the power of prayer in those moments, how it could change an atmosphere. Bless those. Bless the friends and the fellowship. Again, we're not just saying it, we're praying it. But we pray that people would be blessed in our gathering together. And can I say this? You can mix up three, two, and one, and one, two, and three, and you can put it around. You can start, God, I thank you for all my friends and family that are gathered here today. Lord, bless this food that we're, uh, we're about to eat and bless the person who prepared it. You can change it up round. You can put it any way you want. But again, this is just to help you be confident and able to do that. And number four, 
finish it off with an amen. Amen, which is Hebrew, by the way, because uh, I don't want you to be like that chap in America who said amen and a woman. Okay, I just want to know, don't do that. It's, a he, it's Hebrew, it means so be it. So be it. Amen. Or in Jesus' name, amen. Saying grace is that simple. And it sure beats what I Googled and saw. I just Googled, what does grace on Google say? And this is what it said, rub-a-dub-dub, thank God for the grub. <laughs> that's how grace came. That was one of the first things that came up. And that's not how we want to do grace. That's grace on Google. But I want to say you can do this. You can so do this. You can so do this. So I'm, I'm not done with this topic. I, obviously, we're running out of time for today. I do want to continue this, demystify public prayer. I want to talk about how do we pray for others? How do we pray for the sick? How do we pray at a prayer meeting, etc.? And you might be going, well, man, I'm a Christian. I can't even do this. I don't even know how to do this. And, and you're like, like, man, I'm just, what type of a Christian am I? Uh, can I just say, if you feel like that, join the club. Even Jesus' disciples felt like that. They had to ask him, how do we pray? How do we pray? Luke 11, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And I want to tell you, Jesus' answer gives us a lot of keys of what we can do. And so we'll look at that in the days to come. But here's the challenge for today. Can I challenge you today? Why not this week? Why not tonight? If you don't do it already, why not tonight? Why not every night this week start? Try saying grace. Just over your meal, just try saying grace. Get into the habit of going and getting around the table. If you're in a restaurant tonight and you're going out for dinner, just stop. For, hey, can we just say, say grace before we start? Can we have a karakia? Can we say thank you? Can we just thank the Lord before? Before, can I encourage you this week, every, every day this week, to just begin saying grace at every meal, to gather. Gather the people in your home and say, say, let's pray. That's the challenge for this week. Maybe take communion and say grace. Speaking of gathering together, I do have an announcement just as we're coming to a close. I do have an announcement, so we'll, we'll continue that a little bit later on. But coming up next week, we are going to be making some changes. Some of you will know about this already. But coming up next week, we are going to be making some changes to our Sunday service timings. We're going to be moving to what we are calling our summer service times. Uh, with Daylight Savings, of course, having started, started today, starting from next week, here is what we are going to be doing. Uh, 8 a.m. will continue as is for the moment, as will the 5 p.m. in Tawa. That's the only service happening down in Tawa. But we will be, from next week, combining the 9.30 and 11 a.m. into 1.10 a.m. service. I'll repeat that again just so you've got it. We will be combining the 9.30 and the 11 a.m. into 1.10 a.m. service. So, so this is something we usually do in the new year, but I really, for the last little while, have been feeling the need for at least the next season as a shepherd to gather us together, believing for God to do something fresh and something new. And so things are going to change up a bit, uh, a bit. I mean, again, it's been a big couple of years, and I, 
I, I want to create a space and a place where we can together worship, where we can together be refreshed, renew fellowship, without the pressures of moving from one service to the next. And so this is for a season, as I've said, I don't know how long that season will be. And I realize some will go, this is amazing. If you're on a team, you might go, oh, that's great. I, 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 that's, that's so cool. I, re- I realize for others, you might go, ouch, man, that's just, oh, man, I just don't know how I feel about that. But, and I realize it might not suit everyone. I get that. But it's something we have not done lightly. It's something I feel to do for the next season, and we will constantly evaluate. Not, and I'm not standing here saying God told me. I, I don't do that. If you know me, I don't do that kind of thing. Like, well, God told you. What can we, we do? No, it's just something I sense is the right thing for now, and I'm trying to be obedient in that. But I want to encourage us to gather together as we move into summer and into the Christ, Christmas season as it approaches Let's do some life together and meet our one. And it's a great opportunity to meet people from the other services as well. So what better way than to start it with a potluck next week? Uh, Together after the 10 a.m., we will do the potluck lunch, as has already been said in the announcements. So obviously, there will be some logistical changes. The team will communicate uh, this week on that. And just so you know, uh, uh, what those will be. There are things like the kids' chicken uh, will we'll open earlier. There'll be more time to chicken the kids because there'll be a way bigger gap between those two services, and so there'll be much more time to do that. The way we do CAF will change, I'm afraid, the way we will do, because I want the people in the CAF to be in the service. And so, uh, so again, the way we'll do CAF will change, the way we'll do the tea and coffee. Parking, of course, might be at a little bit more of a, uh, a premium, so a good excuse to get here early. And so we, but we have a bit of a plan to uh, ease congestion uh, around that. But maybe just allow a little bit more time so you're here ready before the service begins at 10 o'clock next uh, week. There'll be, of course, a few more chairs in here, and it, we, uh, you might go, oh, it's crowded at the moment. Trust me, the, the way we do chairs, we can expand that out. We've already. Uh, thought how we can do that. It's uh, yeah, yeah, something we, we are, like every service we adjust chairs to make it uh, uh, feel, I guess, a little bit more to, uh, together, okay? And so, um, again, there may be, okay, come early if you want your seat because maybe someone from the next service will be sitting because that's their seat in the next service. So if you want to, I encourage you to get here early. But I but also, I want you to come with an attitude of let's get be expectant. Let's let's believe God as we gather together in a much bigger way. That just just God's gonna uh, uh, um, do something, do something fresh as we worship Him uh, together. And so that's the announcement today. If you got any questions, um, phone Mason any time, day or night. Uh, he's just ready to handle all inquiries and uh, situations. But no, we will communicate that and make it. And, and like I said, there'll be some teething problems, but we will get it sorted. We'll be constantly evaluating. Would you stand up? Turn to the person next to you and say, we're going to do grace tonight. We're going to do grace tonight. Hallelujah. Let me pronounce this blessing over you. Now may the God of peace, 
who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good thing to do his will. And may he accomplish in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus, to whom be glory forever and ever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. If you need prayer for anything, over to the side here, there is a prayer station with people, competent ministers, ready to pray with and for you. God bless you. The service is over. See you at 10 o'clock on the dot next week.